1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Truth and Liberty broadcast, and I'm excited about being back. I've been out for a couple of weeks. I've got one of my good friends with me, a pastor friend that is so knowledgeable on our history and what's going on in our country. I can't wait to get into into, uh, our message today. I want to encourage you to take the phone number down. This is a call-in show, and we would love to hear from you. Uh, the number is 719-619-2341, 719-619-2341. And I promise you, you're going to want to call in. You're going to have questions. I know kind of where we're going today, and and I've got a lot of questions, and I know I'm not going to get all my questions even answered today. Before we go to my guest, Pastor Bill Ledbetter, I've got a few announcements. We've got a Truth and Liberty conference uh, coming up in Atlanta on November the 9th through the 11th. That's November the 9th through the 11th. Uh, Andrew Walbach will be there and Greg Fritz. And you can, you can register at awmi.net. And that's November the 9th through the 11th. It's at the Gas South Convention Center there <laughs> in Atlanta. You don't want to miss these conferences uh, they are absolutely amazing, and I know you'll be blessed with the speakers. We also have the Heart of Christmas performance coming up, and these performances are over the top. I've been to, I think I've been to all of them. I need to check with my wife. She, she has the better memory, but these performances are just over the top, and the Heart of Christmas, I know I've been to it a couple of times. It's December the 8th through the 10th, right there on the Karis Bible College um, and in, that's in Woodland Park, Colorado. And you can register for that, too, at awmi.net. Uh, the heart of Christmas, it is powerful, and you will be blessed. I've taken my grandkids uh, a couple at a time, so I've been to a few of those, and again, you will enjoy that. That's December the 8th through the 10th, three performances, 7 p.m. on Friday night, 2 p.m. on Saturday and 3 p.m. on Sunday. And you need to register. Uh, you get assigned seats for these performances. And I know that'll be a blessing to you. I wanna encourage you to visit truthandliberty.net, truthandliberty.net. One of the things that is encouraging me is the conservative media that's emerging to override all of this foolishness in our media. And you need a, a source and Truth and Liberty has a 24-hour feed, news feed. It's updated every 15 minutes, and it's from conservative resources, and I know it'll be a blessing to you. It is packed. If I hadn't had Pastor Bill on, I would have went through the news uh, in this broadcast because a lot's happening. We're seeing movement both ways. The powers of darkness are threatened and, and are emerging, but the The light of the gospel is absolutely having an impact, and you and I want to be a a part of that. You can also go to truthandliberty.net, and all of our episodes are archived. And if there's something that really blesses you or or helps you, you you can share it with family and friends. So those are some of the announcements that we need to make. Again, I've got my good friend, Pastor Bill Ledbetter, and we have the privilege, or I should say, I have the privilege of pastoring in the same town with this brother. And he's been such a blessing. He's the pastor of Fairview Baptist Church right there in Durant, Oklahoma. He has a lot of ministry outreaches. Uh, The master's heart ministry is a ministry he has uh, to the prisons. And Jesus specifically told us to go into the prisons. And so that's a powerful thing that he's doing. Um, He is the founder of Lighthouse America. And those are some of the things we're going to talk about today. Lighthouse America, uh, his email address, and you're going to want to contact him after you hear him, is lighthouseamerica.com, lighthouseamerica.com. So some of the things we don't get to, you'll be able to go there for information um, he he does a lot of conferences, and I admire him for that, on biblical truth uh, while endeavoring to preserve and reclaim America's Christian and constitutional heritage. All of his conferences have a biblical worldview, and I appreciate that. He knows more, mm-hmm. maybe not uh, more than and David Barton, our beloved brother, but he's no. been highly influenced by him and Bill Federer, one of, um, I believe, the leading historians we have alive today. So he does a lot on civil government. And brothers and sisters, we need a biblical perspective of politics and government, and Pastor Bill offers that. Um, so many things. He's been the chaplain of the week uh, in our Oklahoma uh, House of Representatives and, and, and uh, Senate uh, he's the chaplain, and I praise God for this, and every, every community uh, needs to be engaged in our police, in our police department, and he's the chaplain of our Durant Police Department, and I'm very grateful personally for that. His wife, Sharon, and he have two children and five grandchildren, and actually the five grandchildren, that's all you need to know. That's the most important thing in his life. And so Pastor Bill, I am so honored to have you. Thank you for coming on.
2: Thank you, brother Pastor. It's my joy to be here and thank you for your ministry. I praise God for your ministry and I'm very thankful for the opportunity to be with you today and talk about the Lord, the Bible and this beautiful gift we call America. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Well, again the phone number. We're going to jump right into some things that Pastor Bill has on his heart uh, that are highly uh, interesting to me, and I know they will be to you, the phone number to call in is 719-619-2341. And after we share in our first segment, we'll start mm-hmm. taking your calls. So Pastor Bill, tell us a little bit about what God has put on your heart. And and I, I really believe giving you revelation about our country and about where the country is and, and where God wants to take us back to. Uh, so just Take off, brother.
2: All right, brother. I sure thank you. And thank you, everybody, for joining us today. We're glad that you tuned in. And I want to speak to you today on the subject of when the state becomes God. And just sort of pursue some things down that line. And my message comes from a number of scriptures in the Bible. If we could have that first slide here today, guys. And and, uh, it comes from Psalm 3312 from Daniel chapters 1 through 6, Matthew chapter 7, uh, 24 through 27, and James 3, uh, 13 through 18 is where this message comes from. It's important to know that because what I want to speak to you about is those principles that come from the Bible, God's holy word. And um, there should be a slide there that shows a beautiful mountain. It's the Grand Tetons uh, uh, National Park there. Our good friend, former Congressman Bob McEwen, who's also the Executive Director of the Council for National Policy, he's fond of saying that America is a spiritual ideal because you can migrate legally, you can migrate legally to America, you can uh, learn the language, you can study and learn our laws and the principles by which we operate, you can, over time, uh, get ready to say your pledge and take your test, and then become an American and go open a business tonight. Amen. And that is a spiritual ideal. That's why it's such a beautiful country as people can come here and find liberty and justice and the opportunity to pursue their their God-given vision and using their God-given talents. And that's why I like to say that America is the greatest nation ever built. And if I could have that next slide, guys, it just shows New York City right there. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Yeah, the that's... Statue of Liberty, the Freedom Tower. Yeah. America is the greatest nation ever built. Well, there's a reason for that. That's right. Um, every nation is built on a set of principles that either bring harmony, liberty, and prosperity, or they will bring disharmony, bondage and poverty. Well, I want to share with you everybody for a moment some of the principles this nation is built on. I want to begin by showing you a picture of the uh, Freedom Tower Um, there. The Freedom Tower is the tower that replaced the uh, World Trade Centers when they were knocked down. And um, isn't that a beautiful, beautiful tower did you know that thing has 73 elevators in it? Wow! Uh-huh. And those elevators that go from the, the lobby to the observation deck, I think there's five or six of them, they can go 1, to about 1,260 feet in less than 60 seconds. Yeah. They travel at just over 23 miles per hour, take you to the observation deck so you can see all of New York City. And, well, that Freedom Tower, is built exactly 1,776 feet tall to the top of the spire. And that's to commemorate the year that we declared our independence as a nation, the year 1776. And that's important to understand because when we declared our independence, the framers wrote something called the Declaration of Independence. And I wanna share something with you that I was never taught in school. And most people don't know until they learn it even now. But, but everyone listen to this. The, the entire Declaration of Independence, each tenet, came from a sermon preached by the pastors in the colonial era. Alice Baldwin, uh, she's the author of the History of the New England Clergy, written in 1928. She said every tenant of the Declaration of Independence comes from a sermon preached by the pastors in the colonial era. Alice was the first dean of the woman's school at Duke University. She's a lady who had black skin, wonderful lady, but she wrote that book chronicling the pastors in the colonial era. Mm. Uh, what if they had said what we say today? Oh, you better not preach about government. Yeah. Or you better not preach about politics. What if they had taken that that trek, we wouldn't have a Declaration of Independence. But that's why it is so magnificent. It flows from the Bible. And then the Constitution. Uh, Noah Webster, I love to read his writings about the founding era, but he spoke about the Constitution saying this, the brief exposition of the Constitution of the United States will unfold to young persons, the source of Republican government. Now that's not the party, that's a form of government called a Republican form of government. And it is the sincere desire of this writer that our citizens early understand that the genuine source of correct Republican principles is the Bible, particularly the New Testament or the Christian religion. And friends, listen, I wasn't taught this in school, most of you were not taught this in school, but it's true. That comes from a book called History of the United States, uh, 1832. It's in the preface on page one, and I have the book. Every precept of the Constitution uh, comes from the Bible, and that's why it works. It is a wonderful, incredible foundational piece for us to to govern from. And then thirdly, and this is also incredible, the framers who are uh, coming from a, a fresh and horrible experience of untenable tyranny. Uh, under the king of England, and in England, they were running away from that, found this beautiful land under God's providence. When they developed our form of government, which called a, a republic, and by the way, not a democracy, but a republic. Amen. And I'll ta- we'll talk about that maybe here in a minute. <laughs> I but hope uh, so. um, They were looking for a way to protect the, the citizens from any form of government that could exert a tyrannical power over them. They were looking for a separation of powers, if you will. Well, the centerpiece of our constitutional republic is the separation of powers. And their inspiration for that comes from two verses in the Bible. Jeremiah 17, 9 says that man's heart is deceitful above all else and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Well, we know that you know, common observation teaches us man's got a heart problem, big (laughs) time. So when you put a man in charge in government, you give him power. Power corrupts, and he's liable to exert tyranny over the people. So they were looking to balance that. Well, as they studied the Bible, and 53 of the 55 framers, by the way, were devout Christians and attended a Christian church when they built the Constitution and built this republic, as they studied the Bible, they came to Isaiah thirty-three twenty-two, which says this, the Lord is our king, the Lord is our lawgiver, and the Lord is our judge. Now, you can hear, you can hear three branches of government in there, can you not? Mm-hmm. The, word, the word king means uh, executive branch. Uh, lawgiver is where they got the inspiration for the legislative branch. And then judge, of course, is the judicial branch. And that's where this incredible constitutional republic comes from. And, brother pastor, uh, every single aspect of this country and its history flows from the Bible and the framers' relationship with God Almighty and their intimacy with His Word. Even even in the rotunda of the U.S. Capitol, there are 12, um, I think there are 12 uh, portraits. I think there's 12, but they're about 12 feet by 18 feet uh, in measurement. They're incredible portraits, and and they speak of our founding era, the founding era and our history. One of them is of Pocahontas, uh, a beautiful Indian maiden who came to know Christ as her Lord and Savior. And one of the portraits shows her, on her knees getting ready for baptism. That's a a pastor there preparing her for baptism. Then she was baptized and then in another part of our U.S. Capitol, there's another portrait of Pocahontas with her Christian name, Catherine Roth there to celebrate her heritage, but also the fact that she became a born again Christian. Everything from the, the founding documents to the principles, to our pictures, to our our music, everything points to God. Irving Berlin, when he he migrated here from Russia to America with his parents, he was five years old. Of course, he was an incredible composer of music. Uh, You've heard of uh, Putting on the Ritz and uh, There's No Business Like Show Business. (laughs) And then uh, my favorite that he wrote was called White Christmas. But he was looking for a way to capture the beauty of America, uh, and he wanted to do it with music. And he, he penned a lot of things. But finally, he settled on a song that we now know called God Bless America. And You know, I love baseball in our country. and The Texas Rangers just got the one to World Series, by the way. But um, <laughs> uh, I, what I love about it is, During the seventh inning stretch in the baseball games in our country, people will stand and sing, God bless America. I even have a slide of that happening one time. The Chicago Cubs were the cookie monsters up there in the booth singing, God bless America. (laughs) Because friends, listen, we live in the most beautiful country ever, ever, ever built. It flows from the Bible. It flows from God. And we are the most blessed people in history, I love America, and um, uh, but we've made some bad turns in our country. We have begun to throw God out. It started uh, in 1963 when, when uh, an unrighteous Supreme Court, the Warren Court, nine justices, did something I consider to be illegal certainly is unconstitutional, when they rule that the Bible and prayer should be removed from our schools. Well, now we are 60 years downstream from that, and we see an upheaval in our country that is mind-boggling, that is scary, that is there's warning signs going off everywhere in our nation that we need to wake up We need to return to God. We need to get right with God. But we're 60 years downstream from that, and we have a lot of issues in our country uh, that are extremely, extremely bothersome. Um, One of them is a a growing tyranny in our land uh, because uh, we've adopted, because we have gone away from the Bible. We've gone away from uh, our foundations, We've gone around from the ideology upon which we are built, and as a result, we, we keep scrambling for this or that ideology, whether it be critical race theory or multiculturalism or or wokeism or or whatever. We're, we're looking for something to solve our problems because we have disengaged from our foundations. And so now we have a, a growing tyranny. Uh, in our nation, where the government is beginning to exercise rights that we really have not given to them. Um, One tenet of tyranny, and I'll tell you, Brother Pastor, how God revealed this to me as I was meditating in the book of Daniel. And um, in the first six chapters, you see a nation losing their land in being taken over first by a Babylonian nation, and as Babylon took over the Babylon took over the land there in Daniel's time, they began to insert a new ideology, new customs, new symbols. Well, when a government becomes tyrannical, they begin to change the ideology of the nation. They begin to throw out the old and bring in a new. When they become tyrannical, they throw out the symbols that they represented the old, and start bringing in the new. That's why there's been such a fight over having the Ten Commandments, let's say, on the lawn at the Oklahoma Capitol or elsewhere across the country, uh, to fight the fight to tear them down, when in reality, they represent our heritage. But that's a symbol of a government that has decided we no longer want the foundations upon which we're built, we want something else. Well, and when that happens, the government becomes tyrannical and they begin to decide what is right and wrong. Then they begin to decide who is right yeah. and wrong. Yeah. And tyranny then begins to come upon the land. You start losing your, your harmony uh, amongst the people. Uh, today we have something called culture wars because we've adopted multiculturalism rather than the Bible-based principles of our constitutional republic. And so we have a lot of tyranny. Um, there's one case I'd like to show you, and, and, and this is not good, ladies and gentlemen, but uh, um, there's a, a, an Air Force gentleman by the name of Jace Yarbrough, and I was reading about him on the website, First Liberty Institute, and this is a, an Air Force Reserve officer who was giving a, a speech for an Air, for- Air Force officer who was retiring. And in his speech, he talked about things relating to God and perhaps the Bible, religion, and so forth. And the Air Force admonished him and wrote him up for that. Mm-hmm. And if it's okay, I'd like to show up a provocative uh, side of this in that y- you can't talk about religion or the Bible or something if you're an officer. But I want to show you what they say we can do. There's a picture there about Nellis Air Force Base I'd like to put up. It's a little bit provocative. This occurred in 2021 where they had officers and people on the base uh, dressed in drag. These are a couple of drag queens. Now listen, Mr. Yarbrough can't talk about God or the Bible or prayer at at a retirement ceremony for another officer without being admonished. But yet we allow this to happen on our Air Force bases. And this is a sign of decay. And let me say clearly, everybody, that we love people who are trapped in lifestyles that are, are unhealthy, lifestyles that are sinful, that are unbiblical. We love people. Absolutely. Big time. We have the answer. The answer for me when I was trapped in a bad lifestyle was Jesus Christ. Amen. And he's the answer for all of us. And I came to Jesus, and he set me free from, I mean, I, I make lots of bad people look good, as bad as I was, <laughs> but Jesus set me free. He, he turned me around, turned yeah. my life around. Well, we love you, and Jesus will set you free. But let me say something, beloved. Having drag queens and all of that on an Air Force base is not military readiness. That's right. If we go into a battle that kind of decay, we're not praying, but we're parading those kinds of things before God. I question whether we're going to have the blessing of God in a battle.
1: Yeah.
2: And, ladies and gentlemen, we cannot go down this road. And um, and uh, so I just uh, I might offer two other examples of this, and then maybe have this subject introduced today. But uh, friends, listen. We just can't go down this road. We have the greatest country ever built. We have the greatest economy, an economic juggernaut. And uh, uh, just a year ago in 2022, we had a gross domestic product of $25 trillion in the United States of America, 25 trillion. That's with 333 million people. Most of them are kids, little Mm -hmm. ones. Well, the closest to us with China, with 1.6 billion people, they were at $18 trillion. Um, um, Japan was less than that. Russia was kind of pulling up the back there at about $2.2 trillion. We have the greatest economic juggernaut ever built. We are blessed beyond measure, but we are throwing our foundations away. It's entered into our schools. We have situations in our schools where we want to say the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. And there are people who don't want us to pledge to that flag in our country. There are some schools that I've heard of and seen cases of where they don't allow you to say the pledge, kids to say the pledge of allegiance. But I'll show you what schools are lying across the country in many places today. And if you put up that next slide there, this is um, called Dr- Drag Queen Storytime. Now, how is it, ladies and gentlemen, that we can't say the pledge properly or even have prayer or read a scripture? in a school, but we can have a drag queen story hour. Ladies and gentlemen, I love everybody, but I want you to know that we've had, I'm sorry, but we've had enough of that. That needs to stop in our Mm -hmm. nation. We need to Mm -hmm. repent. We need to turn back to God. We have a lot of trouble in our nation. Doesn't feel like it just yet, but wherever I go and speak, I tell people this all the time that when the pain comes, but because we're not living right and doing right, when the pain comes, it's too late. Yeah. You need to change and repent before the pain gets bad. Amen. And that's now. Amen. We need to turn back to God, back to the principles and start living right Amen. again.
1: You so, know, it's amazing, brothers and sisters, uh, those of us who are seeking God and do attend good churches, I'm, I'm amazed how we do not see the decline of Israel the captivity of Israel, the destruction many times of of Israel when they started worshiping false gods, when they started seeking after gods beside the true and the living God. And I'm just amazed that we can't see the consequences of removing God from every part of our society. We act like we can do that and we'll be okay still, or, or that's some type of of love for other people. No, that's self-destructive, brothers and sisters. We have to have God in the center of our lives, the center of our educational systems, and mainly the center of our churches. Mm. Our churches need to get back to God and loyalty to Jesus and love for Jesus. I did a message a a few years ago in trying to counter this this critical grace theory or critical race theory that you mentioned with a message on critical grace theory. The gospel and the grace of Jesus is the answer to our deliverance and on and on we can go. We're gonna take a 90 second break and uh, begin to take your phone calls and I'm gonna be asking Pastor Bill some questions but I wanna give you a chance at 719-619-2341. We'll be back in 90 seconds.
0: At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we have big plans to make a big impact. If you want to be a part of turning our nation back to God, I want to invite you to become a supporter of Truth and Liberty. You can go on our website at truthandliberty.net to the donate page and make a gift there. And you can also sign up to be uh, make a recurring automatic gift of $5 or more per month, and then you'll become a Truth and Liberty member. And uh, our gifts to Truth and Liberty are not tax deductible, but I promise you, God sees your generosity. So go to Truth and Liberty, and Liberty and become a member today.
3: With practical
1: government, you have experts in the fields that are sharing their perspective, wisdom and experience. It's not available anywhere else in the world. We're going to teach a Christian heritage of our American government. They're going to learn about the Founding Fathers. We're teaching the Constitution, how government operates, practical skills, and field study. No matter where you're coming from, The world needs you.
0: Whatever God's calling you to do, you're able to do it.
1: To learn more, visit practicalgovernmentschool.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to Truth and Liberty. I'm Dwayne Sheriff, the guest host, but I have a special guest with us, Pastor Bill Ledbetter. And we're just talking about the foundations of our government. We're talking about how we were established on Judeo-Christian principles. And contrary to what many say in our culture today, God is not oppressive. The Bible is not oppressive. Uh, The principles of the kingdom of God are not oppressive. They are liberating. They bring us back into union with God and love for God and then union with one another and love for one another. And so we're going to be taking your calls again at 719-619-2341. And we encourage you to call in with any questions for my my good brother, Pastor Bill. I'd like to, while we're we're waiting on those calls, I'd like to elaborate a little bit, Mm -hmm. Pastor Bill, on the difference between a democracy... Uh, which is one of the mantras of many in our culture versus a representative republic. Uh, And this was something I wasn't taught as well. And I had to learn as I began to seek God and just our foundational principles.
2: Well, um, you know, uh, we hear our leaders in Washington, D.C. and others talk about our democracy almost uh, ad nauseum, And and I I know where they're coming from, but But um, um, it's really not who we are. For instance, if they would just read the Constitution, if we just read the Constitution in Article 4, Section 4, it says the United States shall guarantee to every state in the Union a Republican form of government, not a democracy, because we are not a democracy, The difference between a republic and a democracy lies in the foundation. A democracy, Brother Pastor, is rooted um, in, it's built on mobocracy. Yeah. It's whatever the mob says, we do. It's the majority opinions of the people. Whereas a republic is based on the laws of nature and nature's God. Mm. And so... We get in trouble if we start running our nation based on the opinions of the mob rather than nature's law and nature's God and the Bible and the principles on which the land is built. Um, John Adams, he was, uh, and the framers talked about the difference between a democracy and a a republic at at length. But I love one of the statements that John Adams made. He said, Remember, democracy never lasts long. Mm -hmm. It soon wastes, exhausts, and murders itself. There never was a democracy yet that did not commit suicide. Mm -hmm. And the reason they do is because they begin to fight. Mm -hmm. They lose their harmony. Uh, They uh, accumulate massive, massive untenable amounts of debt. And, and, and the reason that that happens is, is that um, um, when the people realize they can vote themselves a piece of the treasury by voting a particular candidate into office who promises all these things for you, I'm going to give you this and give you that and give you this and give you that, when the people discover that they can vote themselves a piece of the treasury, then the only way to satisfy that is you can't live within your means. you got to borrow money
1: yeah.
2: to, to keep your promises. And so the debt goes up and up and up and up oh. uh, until you have an untenable debt. For instance, uh, I was reading a book not long ago by former U.S. Representative and Senator Jim DeMint, a wonderful Christian man who's uh, by the Bible and the book's called Socialism. And he said... He said uh, um, uh, he said the, the, the slide into socialism is based on something that he called earmarks.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He said, he, he, said, yeah. I, he, said he, he elaborated on it this way. He said, I, I had a bill one time that was gonna be for about a million dollars to do some street work in a, a community in the state where I, that I represented. And so I was presenting this bill to my fellow representatives and no one would vote for this bill until they earmarked it with something they needed in their community. So we added $10 million for this guy's project. That represented his project over there. Then we added $15 million for this project over here in another another city. And he said, before too long, my $1 million bill had turned into $50 million. Wow. And he says, those earmarks, um, um, he said, that's... What causes to slide into something called uh, socialism? Is there
1: anything we can we can do about this? Because it, it it becomes disheartening and discouraging that we send even good people up there, and and aliens suck their brains out of their head, and before you know it, things are just getting worse. Uh, I know that we need to be better at selecting representatives that will represent us and Judeo-Christian principles. But even in our government, I mean, I hate to just drop that question on you. Uh, we're, we're looking at $33 trillion of debt with no, no restraints in sight. Mm. Uh, there's no will anymore. I mean, we're, we're, we're in, in, into $6 trillion just under this most current president of debt. Uh, something has to be done. we It's unsustainable and, and we will collapse. And let me just say this, no matter what answer he gives, uh, we have to be better prepared spiritually. There's a lot of things we can do to prepare for a collapse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know I hear a lot of people talking about being preppers, but we have to prepare spiritually for what's coming. We could actually see in our lifetime a collapse because of the financial the financial um, um, abuses that are going on. So, I, I should have asked you before I brought you on the air. But I mean, uh, I've had Josh Burkine on, and he's he's sitting on the uh, the committee of Homeland Security, and 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 doing something and making some bills and proposals for uh, re- restraining this debt. Uh, we have our own state. Uh, uh, Senator David Bullard that come out of your church that's one of my favorite people of all time so I know good people are emerging but what's your answer to give us hope uh, on restraining this because it's unsustainable
2: well the uh, and just to add to that for just uh, this is kind of interesting because I've been trying to understand what the interest accumulation is like on $33 trillion so let me just show you what's this boom Boom, just in that amount of time, the interest on our debt went up $30,000. Boom, $30,000. That's how fast it accumulates on $33 trillion. In you debt. mean going
1: up even on the interest payment?
2: I mean, or? that's how fast your interest is going up Okay. and accumulating. And so uh, it's, 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 it's not sustainable. But what can we do about it? The first thing that needs to happen is our fellow american citizens need to understand this constitutional republic and the founding principles and the foundations on which this beautiful nation is built james madison said only a well-instructed people may be permanently a free people if we were to go out here and just interview people out here in this part of texas oklahoma you'd find one in a thousand, one in 5,000 that has any hint of the principles we're talking about here because they were not taught them. Uh, I saw a USA Today survey some time ago. It's been quite a while. And they discovered that only, uh, only one in 1,000 Americans could name the five protections of the First Amendment from memory. Only one and 1,000 could name them. And that means we don't understand our nation. We don't know where we came from. We don't understand exactly what's happening because we were not taught that in school. Listen, when I was going to school in Lubbock, Texas, and I went to Texas, when I went to Texas Tech University, they were already teaching a form of socialism in their government classes. And uh, I didn't know too much about it, but I knew intuitively that what they were saying wasn't right, mm-hmm. even back then. Yeah. So our people not only do not understand where we came from, but they've been taught a form of government that is not based on the principles that this country is built upon. In fact, we've been taught something that is not a good foundation that's called secularism, sensuality, and I'll talk more about that in a minute. But the first thing we gotta do is teach our people. Then. It helps to, um, if our people know what's happening, then you begin to require representatives who want to run for office, they have to be qualified. And the people can qualify them. Yeah, And we can elect people who understand these principles, like uh, uh, Congressman Josh Burkeen He has studied these principles. I know him personally. Uh, knocked doors for him because he knows these principles. Congressman Kevin Hearn does. Senator James Langford is growing in these principles. He knows them. Um, and so, and, and Senator Mark Wayne Mullen is, is learning as we go. Um, they need to continue to learn and to follow the, the founding principles and the ideology the framers gave us that comes from the Bible. one of those Bible principles is that the borrower becomes the lender's slave. That's
1: right.
2: And we have borrowed ourselves crazy.
3: Mm.
2: Well, so if the people know what their country is all about, then they require their elected representatives to understand it. And that's one way, one peaceful way. Yes. That we can begin to turn the country back so, to the right direction.
1: So, Uh, voting does matter. It does count. I know that that we've had so much fraud and abuse that a lot of people get disheartened even in voting. What difference does it make? Why does it matter? Well, it really does matter. Uh, And it does make a difference. And while we have to start cleaning up the system to deal with all the fraud and abuse and misuse, we've still got to engage in, in electing people that will represent us and will will begin to clean the mess up. We're never going to dig our way out of this if we don't elect people that know the Constitution, that are loyal to the Constitution, uh, and the principles that this country, again, was founded upon. I see people elected, brother, and I mean... I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, so to speak, as we hear. But my goodness, where do these people come from? How did they get elected? How did anybody with a brain put them in office? Because they have, they have no concept of any kind of values or character or integrity or principle-driven hearts and lives. And so we've got to get busy. I'm not saying that politics is the answer to all of our problems. Jesus is the answer to all of our problems, But we have to have government. God ordained government. Mm. God put government in place, told us to pray for the government, uh, intercede for the government. Why would God tell me to pray and not have action in the sense of who we get to freely elect and put in government? Why would we put someone in government that we know is going to oppress us? Yet how even this president got elected is beyond me. uh, And yet we need an awakening. So I want to just add to that and encourage people that voting does matter and that we need to step up from there. What, what was you, where were you trying to go next? Um,
2: Well, and I was going to just sort of dovetail on that for just a moment and, and, and everybody um, the framers often would uh, make reference to something that, that if we were to lose our republic, it might be because of the inattention of the people. Yes. And we've had it so good in America my whole lifetime. Yeah. We've enjoyed the, the, the liberty, the fruit, the blessing of this incredible country. My goodness, what, what freedom. You have the freedom and the liberty to pursue your dreams. Amen. And like Mr. Reagan said, we found a way to, to unleash the creative, innovative power of the human being mm. by giving them the liberty to pursue their God-given dreams, their, uh, using their God-given talents. And, and you can look around the country at things that we have built. They're incredible. But if we don't pay attention now, we're going to lose this country and I go to lots of meetings with, uh, that are political meetings for, like, say, uh, a, a particular political party uh, or a candidate's running for office. And so many times I go to a meeting that's been well announced in communities, and there might be six people there
1: mm-hmm.
2: when there needs to be 60 or 600 mm-hmm. people there. We're just not really paying attention. We've had it too good for too long. Oh, it'll be all right, we say. But we're sounding the alarm. It's not all right. We need to start paying attention to what's happening. We need to vet these candidates. We don't. We like somebody, put them in office. We, we don't. Um, we don't really know what they believe, and, and then we give them the keys to the kingdom. <laughs> And man, they they turn Amen. the keys. Amen. And so we have got to start uh, paying attention. Um, the uh, the people are responsible. James Garfield, he was the twentieth president of the United States. By the way, he was a pastor. He preached revivals while he was in the White House. Wow. And uh, and I and in history, and I I believe it was David Barton who said this, and I'm. I hope I'm quoting him right, but in one revival, uh, he baptized 38 people before he had to leave as president of the United States.
1: Wow. I did not know that. I haven't heard that. That's awesome.
2: And he said that the people are responsible for the character of their Congress. Mm. And he said if the Congress is corrupt, uh, he said it's because the people tolerate Mm. corruption. Mm -hmm. He said, if the Congress is pure and holds to to high ideals, it's because the people demand those qualities. And I'm not quoting him perfectly. I'm just giving you the gist of what he said. But we are responsible for the Congress. And so we've got to kind of take responsibility for it.
1: Yeah. I want to give the... Phone number out again for any questions for Pastor Bill because, again, it, it just so much knowledge and research that he's done that is such an encouragement to me. I know that it can be an encouragement to you if you really do care about your fellow citizens. Uh, our number is 719-619-2341. That's where we can take your questions. Also, if you need prayer... Uh, We have a 24-hour prayer line that is one of the best in the country, and we want to be able to agree with you in prayer and and connect you to Jesus and and His will for your life. The prayer line is 719-635-1111, 719-635-1111, and so you can get prayer for anything. Again, we can take any questions on any subject. I would prefer, while we got this great resource with us to take questions in regards to the government, to the governing principles of the Bible that uh, Pastor Bill has studied, um, and and I'm just I'm just encouraged to to know there's people even like you out there. You know, I have a heart for this. I've been honored by Andrew to even host this type of show. Uh, but I just have such a heart and I feel a strong call for so many other things in the Bible that I need to, to share that I don't get to give the focus to it, that many who God has really tapped them can give the focus. And you're one of those ones. Uh, especially your knowledge of the founders, your knowledge of these principles. Again, how how do we we know voting, but how do we how do we pray better? How do we How do we engage in prayer for these candidates? I know that one of the things that I didn't realize uh, for years was the primaries and how important it is that we get engaged in the primaries and that we vet these people early in the primaries where you get better candidates. Mm. Uh, Can you speak into that quickly and and even prayer?
2: Yes, And, and one of the first things that we have to do to vet a candidate and, and this is on my heart to really work on this to make it easier for the people. But uh, there are two political parties, predominantly, Democrat, Republican. You need to know what their platform says. That's exactly right. And that platform describes their beliefs, yes. their values, yes. and what they are standing for.
1: And where they would take the country. And where they
2: will take the country. And each platform is diametrically opposite of the other today. They used to be years ago, so close you couldn't tell the difference. Yeah, they would overlap. But today, uh, they are diametrically opposed to one another, sadly, because we've left the founding principles. Um, And more than that, we are fond of calling one and then the other these names. We're fond of saying one is conservative. The other one's a liberal. It's a conservative party, the liberal. I prefer that we change it and call it right and wrong. (laughs) Because there is a right and there is a wrong. So people need to study that platform and then they can listen to candidates and give them questions to see what they really believe to vet that candidate. We can even put those questions in writing and ask them to answer those.
1: And demand that they answer them.
2: So yes. Don't dance
1: around it, it's a simple question. It's a simple question,
2: and if you don't answer it, well, then that we is know, an answer. That is an answer, <laughs> and so
1: I uh, and I'm going to do this on truth and liberty, unless I'm told I can't, uh, which I doubt I'll be told that. But years ago, uh, Pastor Bill, uh, I just had to lean in on this, and I did a series called "America, Our Promised Land," uh, and that that was when I leaned in the heaviest with the founders, the quotes. Again, I'm not, I'm not good with remembering and memorizing these things. So I really, I did what you did. I had slides, I, I put the quotes up so I wouldn't mess them up. Uh, and then I put on the screen, I've got two in our Durant church, I've got three screens, but I've got the two far screens. And so I put the Democratic platform mm-hmm. on this side and the Republican platform on this side. And, and I was shocked at both responses, both positive, but then the negative. Mm. Um, when we put the platform up, and I wanna encourage pastors that are watching, pray about this. We're talking about prayer, I was gonna segue into prayer because I prayed about this. Is this right or wrong for me to put these up? That, I'm not putting up what the Republicans say about the Democrats, uh, that's usually not, not, not pure. Uh, And I'm certainly not putting up what the Democrats say about the Republicans or what the media says about either. But this is what the Democrats say about the Democrats, and this is what the Republicans say about the Republicans. And I was just, again, amazed at how many people were voting Democrat that had no idea that platform. And when they saw that platform, that, again, I'm not saying this about them. They're saying this about them. Here's what they believe and put that up, it was like a a great awakening for so many people that were voting Democrat. And then I found out, though, there were some people that had been Democrat for decades, their families, and the party is not the same party, nor is the Republican Party of our fathers, but they got mad that I exposed it. And I would think a Christian, someone sitting in a church, would want to know what do these people say they believe? Whether they're going to follow through. On this side, on the Republican side, I felt like, well, these people are saying, here's what they'll do, and they usually don't come through, and that frustrates me. But these people are saying what they're going to do, and they do it. Uh, have you have you had any experiences down that line?
2: Man, have I ever, <laughs> Brother Pastor and uh
1: I figured you Uh, had. I hadn't asked you before. I mean,
2: I feel what you felt in the pulpit that day, and I know you know what I felt in the pulpit when I did that same thing, and I want to share something about that because this is one of the great needs we have to turn the country, and that is the pulpit needs to come alive in this country and preach the Bible principles of civil government, and particularly those on which this nation is built so our people can understand we're fond of saying today that our politics are in a mess. Well, you know why? We have removed the Bible from them. That's right. If you want to straighten something out, you've got to preach the truth to it. Yeah. Now, when I started this 33 years ago, and by the way, uh, uh, the way I started, I was in my second pastorate. I went to a, a fundraiser for a, a pregnancy center ministry called ABBA. All Babies Born Alive in Lindsay, Texas, and David Barton was the speaker that night. i never heard these principles. He spoke for a little over an hour, and then I didn't sleep for a week. <laughs> God gripped me, Amen, and I was so enthralled, so enthused by these Bible principles. Wow, yeah. the Bible just came alive, wow. more so in my mind. And, uh, and then God called me. I just began to learn and study. And it's because of Mr. Barton that I, I know anything. Amen. Uh, he's he's, a, he's a national treasure. He is a national treasure. Uh, so I give uh, glory to God credit to him because I study to learn and be a disciple, if you, if you know what I mean. But So I began to preach about these principles in the church. And you start, fellow pastors, you start with conviction, but you start with groups you don't just go into the pulpit the first day and let her rip. <laughs> you have to um, yeah. maybe start with small groups in your your church family and have some have a dinner and, and teach a principle, and and let it work its way slowly through uh, the body of your church a little bit, because it takes time for people to wake up to the truth. That's the way we are. It's so good. So and good. so if you start there. And then you begin to move to the pulpit. And, and pastors, listen to me. And if and those of you who belong to a church, this is something you can share with your pastor. But John Wingate Thornton, he wrote a book called The Pulpit of the American Revolution. And he was talking about the great pastors in the colonial era. And by the way, they were called the Black Robe Regiment because they wore black robes when they went up into the pulpit with a a white uh, preacher band, and um, I love that, the Black Robe Regiment, and uh, Dan Fisher's written a book about that, others have spoken about that. Um, There was a a student, a college student, he went to old Mr. John Adams, about 75 years old, he was retired now, already been president, uh, I believe, and the student said, Mr. Adams, how did we win a war With Great Britain that we arguably should have lost. Here was his answer. Our pulpits thundered. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And so John Wingate Thornton talked about pastors preaching in the pulpit of the American Revolution. He said, the fathers of the Republic invoked God in their civil assemblies called upon their chosen teachers of religion for counsel from the Bible and recognized its precepts as the law of their public conduct. The fathers did not divorce politics and religion, but they denounced the separation as ungodly.
1: Amen. Amen. Whoa, we need yeah. that word well, today. Well, we're going to we're gonna pick that up when we get back, and I'd like to address the issue of, of the separation of church and state, and hopefully uh, some things Thomas Jefferson said. I, I, I'm not sure what your notes have or what notes you have, but I'd like to address that because a lot of people struggle with this. Hey, we're going to take a 90-second break. Uh, we want to encourage you to call. Uh, any questions? and take advantage of having Pastor Bill with us. Again, I'll be back in 90 seconds. Are you
0: in ministry and want to connect with other like-minded ministers? Andrew Womack founded the Association of Related Ministries International, or ARMY, to serve, equip, and empower you for success in your ministry through relationships, community, and resources.
1: But Just being a part of this,
2: uh, being filled with the Word of God and with ARMY and fellowshipping, knowing that I have other ministers with me, it is awesome.
1: We have met such precious people through Army. Uh, There's people I know I can call when I'm in a jam.
4: Ministers have a safe place to come. We can unify and unite for the kingdom.
0: As an Army member, some of the benefits you'll enjoy are Bible teaching correspondence courses, regional advocates for personal support and ministry, regional events for networking, one-on-one ministry, and encouragement our monthly newsletter, and more. You don't have to do ministry alone. Join this growing network of dynamic and elite ministers from across the U.S. and around the world today.
1: Hey, everyone, welcome back to Truth and Liberty, a place where we proclaim the truth, and Jesus said that if you continue in my word, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Let me encourage you, truth at any level brings liberty, brings freedom, and lies ensnare us and enslave us. And so Truth and Liberty is about pushing and promoting the truth uh, to as many people as possible. We want to encourage you again. If you have any questions, uh, I'm going to keep asking mine. If I don't, if I don't have any online, seven one nine six one nine two three four one. That's our our line seven one nine six one nine two three four one. And again, this is an opportunity. I'll go ahead and we're going to talk about uh, separation of church and state. And, and I did a series a few years ago on, on passion, uh, politics, and the pulpit. And many times my passion for the truth came across political, but I was just uh, uh, defending and, and declaring the truth as it relates to politics. And so that, that was a real blessing for a lot of people. So I'm going to hit you up with that. Let's go ahead and, and take one of our calls. Uh, Rebecca from California, thank you so much for calling Uh, What's your question, please?
4: Hi, thanks so much for your time. Hi. My my question is, when we live, my family and I, in a very progressive liberal county and state in the Silicon Valley of the Bay Area, where when we vote on an issue, we typically lose like 90% to 10% on everything. Yeah. So, what's the best practical use of our time and our energy to yeah, make a difference when it feels like our vote yeah. though in our own particular geographic I, location is so outvoted yeah. by others?
1: Man, I appreciate, Rebecca, you calling. Uh, this is where the, the calls really help us to address things we're maybe missing or we're just not aware of in the moment. And this is important. You know, I want to say something briefly, but I really want Pastor Bill to lean in on this. Uh, I can understand that frustration, but the question, the follow-up question is even better uh, what, what are some things to, to, to focus your energy to start to make a difference? One of the things the enemy wants is for us to disengage, period. Once we disengage, he wins. Uh, so no matter how overwhelming it may seem, we have to stay reengaged at some level. And I still think your vote matters and that we can trust God to turn these things around. Uh, so let me encourage you in that. And then I'm gonna pass the ball off to Pastor Bill Um, it's a great question.
2: It is a great question. Rebecca, I would like to encourage you because uh, uh, just uh, the last few times I've been to the council for national policy meetings, I've run into a large number of people from California. There are many people in California beginning to understand these principles and truths. They ask the same question you just asked because they're very concerned about their state. But as they learn these principles, they're going back and telling their neighbors, being salt and light, standing, seeking candidates they can put in office who will turn and embrace these principles to try to change the state from the bottom up. And uh, one of the things that that you can do and, and others in California can do is is get a hold of materials that teach these principles. I recommend you start with wall builders, David Barton and get a founder's Bible. It costs you 80 bucks. Uh, it'd be the best thing you ever did. You will load your howitzer with principles <laughs> and you can, you can speak to people, your neighbors Amen. at your clubs and so forth, your groups. That's and, the first place to start. And let
1: me encourage all those that are watching Uh, with Rebecca's question, um, I believe the Lord has assured me we're in the beginning stages of a great awakening and things can turn overnight. Unfortunately, it may take a crisis, which many times Pastor Bill has mentioned, pain changes people's mind pretty quickly. And I, I really believe things can turn around anywhere in the country overnight in the sense of the intervention of God and the consequences of the direction people have been taking the country. There is a great awakening that's taken place, and this thing can turn around fast. So be faithful, be in- informed, and be an encouragement to your neighbors as well. All right, let's talk about uh, separation of church and state because the devil would like nothing more. I hate to bait you with a question with a comment like that, uh, but I, I know at least your heart on this that, again, The only way you can have tyranny is get God out of the government. Uh, The only way you can get communism is socialism. The only way you can get socialism is Marxism. And so all this Marxism that we're seeing paraded in the streets, uh, taught on our college campuses, is to remove God, separate the state and and religion uh, so that the state can become tyrannical.
2: Well, let me begin in addressing the separation of church and state by saying this is a false narrative, as I'll share with you in just a second, but it's a false narrative to silence the pulpit, Yeah, to silence the word of God so that it will not have impact on our society. And the pulpit by and large is silent today on these issues. But let's begin with this thing called the separation of church and state. First of all, know this. It's not in the Constitution. You won't find that phrase in the Constitution. You won't find it in the Bill of Rights. It is not in the First Amendment at all. And so where did it come from? Well, um, uh, it it came originally from a case called... uh, um, I believe Everson versus Board of, Board of Education in one thousand nine hundred and forty-seven. It was a lawsuit uh, about the fact that public schools, as I as I can remember here, public schools were paying for transportation, buses and what have you, to take uh, kids to a private Christian school, and so it wasn't that unconstitutional. Well, the lawsuit was filed, and and it just so happens in the midst of that lawsuit something was, was brought forth. And what was brought forth was uh, uh, a letter exchanged between the Danbury Baptist Association and Thomas Jefferson, uh, going back uh, way to the beginning. And I can't read the whole letter, but here's the gist of it. They talked with Mr. Jefferson about uh, saying this, our sentiments are uniformly, on the side of religious liberty, they said, the Danbury Baptists, that religion is at all times and places a matter between God and individuals, that no man ought to suffer in name, person, or effects on account of his religious opinions, and that the legitimate power of civil government extends no further than to punish the man who works ill to his neighbor. So what they were asking was, <laughs> is, is, are we going to be free to be who we are? And, and so Mr. Jefferson wrote a letter back to them, and he said, and I have the letter here, he said, Believing with you that religion is a matter which lies solely between man and his God, that he owes account to none other for his faith or his worship, that the legislative powers or government reach actions only and not opinions, I contemplate with sovereign reverence that act, of the whole American people which declared that their legislature would make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, thus building, and here it is, a wall of separation between church and state, adhering to this expression of the supreme will of the nation in behalf of the rights of conscience, I shall see with sincere satisfaction the progress of those sentiments which tend to restore to man all his natural rights. Amen. And so it's regrettable that President Jefferson used the phrase, the wall of separation. Yeah, But it came forth in that 1947 case, Everson versus the Board of Education. Um, And since then, and I believe this is the work of the devil, Satan, But since then, this phrase has come out and it's being used as a crowbar to throw God out of every area of our society. Amen. Um, um, uh, People are right now attacking our state school superintendent in Oklahoma because he righteously protected a lady who was being persecuted. This lady's on the school board, uh, the Tulsa school board, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And during a uh, commencement exercise, she prayed for the kids in the name of Jesus. It was an 18-second prayer. Wow. Her name is Alina Ashley, and it's a beautiful prayer. She's praying for God's will to be shown to those kids, for them to walk in God's will, to be blessed by God. She was loving on those kids in prayer, 18 seconds. And they chastened her. The school superintendent chastened her. They rebuked her. In fact, they warned her, as I understand it, that if she did it again, she'd be suspended. Wow. And she's on the school board there. Amazing. And, and so they use this, uh, this, uh, this wrong phrase as a crowbar to throw God and yeah. everything that we're yeah. built upon out of our society.
1: Yeah want to go to another phone call, but I'd like to ask our director to uh, be prepared to put up the First Amendment. I want to uh, have Pastor Bill look at those five principles because he brought out one point about the freedom of religion that I'd like to, to see him elaborate on in the audience to see. And so we'll go there when we get back from this next call, but let's go to Adele uh, you're a Truth and Liberty member from Mississippi. Thank you so much for supporting Truth and Liberty. We're seeing a profound effect, and we believe God's going to to use Truth and Liberty to reach more people. So, thank you for calling, Adele. And what is your question, please?
4: Uh, hi, Pastor Dwayne. Hi, Pastor Bill. Hi. Um, my hi. question it was two part, but Mr. Um, your your phone guy, Caleb, so sweet he he worded it is Amen. is it god's will when a person doesn't win i i i kind of helped a guy campaign that was running against somebody that i wanted to win and i mean the new guy i didn't want the incumbent to win i wanted the new guy to win because i don't oh, like absolutely. the incumbent and the guy the guy's a, a christian but he's of a certain denomination and he said well if it's god's will i'll win and I didn't really swallow that too good.
1: Yeah, and, then, yeah, and then
4: my yeah. second part of my question is about a class that probably Pastor Bill knows about that um, got David Barton in it. And I just don't know if y'all are aware of that class. It's called Biblical Citizenship in America Today, and it's put on by Rick Green and Patriot Academy. And I learned about it two years ago, and it changed my life. It taught me that's awesome. That's exactly what Pastor Bill's talking about today.
1: Amen. Well, we'll elaborate on that, Adele. Thanks for bringing it to our attention. And uh, Pastor Bill can say something briefly. We're, we're running out of time, but uh, to recommend people to those kind of those kind of things. But I can't wait to hear Pastor Bill's answer on this uh, because there might be some theological issues that come into play But uh, how would you answer when someone gets into office, and we know that that is not God's will, how, how do you deal with that? Well, you
2: start by teaching the citizenry, the principles upon which the nation is built. What most people, very few people know this, but our republic is a representative form of government. They know that, but they don't know that it comes from Exodus 18, 21. Yeah. And if you'll study Exodus eighteen 21, you'll find four qualities in a candidate that you're to vote for. Yeah. That if you vote for somebody and put them in office, they need to adhere to and demonstrate and model these four qualities. Well, if you seen a, send a, a voter out to vote for somebody, and the voter doesn't know the principles, they don't know the candidate. The candidate doesn't know the principles. Well, you, you can't get things but going except that which is wrong. You put the wrong people in office. So, God is sovereign. Um, he is providential. Uh, but part of His providential being is something called concurrence. He is. In total control of the heavens and the earth, completely as Almighty God. But concurrently, he allows the will of man to flow upon this earth to a degree. And yes, God does providentially put people in office, as I can attest to with Senator David Bullard or Congressman Joshua Keene, where we had prayed and worked and prayed and worked and taught the people, and the people understood, and so they voted them into office. So in like every other endeavor, though, God wants to work through a human being. He works with us and through us to answer that part about God's will. Yes, he's in charge, but yes, he allows us to do dumb things.
1: And and this is why there's a day of accountability. If everything was God and just sovereignly God, good and bad, then there would be no day of accountability on our end. We will face God and give an account for every idle word even spoken and every deed done in the flesh because he's delegated authority to us. In the Lord's Prayer, this was my first uh, transition in understanding how come so many things are happening in the earth that you know intuitively. That's not God's will. That's not God's best. But how does that happen? Jesus even taught us to pray, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Why would Jesus uh, command us to pray God's will to be done in the earth if God's will is just automatically being done in the earth? So we play a partnership role with God. I like to say it, Pastor Bill, uh, and you said it beautifully, much more articulately than I can, but I'm just a country boy for sure. But I, I like to think of it as God is sovereign, capital S, In control in the sense of he's working all things together for his good and his ultimate plan for man will be accomplished. But he is delegated unto us little sovereign. We're a little sovereign under God's authority created in his image and in his likeness. So that's why our votes do count. That's why our prayers count. That's why us doing the right thing makes a difference in God's will and plan in the earth. So there's a lot of people. I wish I could think of the scripture in Hosea. uh, God talked about some of the kings that that Israel put in that were not of him. And while on one hand we read God exalts one and and brings one down, capital S sovereign, there's a lot of things God allows in the earth that we'll give an account for because he delegated it to us. Mm -hmm. So let's do the right thing. Let's vet our our leaders and that Exodus, make sure you go to Exodus. It's men that fear God, hate covetousness, beautiful things outlined for those to put in authority. Let's go to the phone quickly Uh, with our remaining time. I'm I'm just shocked that we didn't have a hundred calls because I still want to ask 50 more questions to this, 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 this treasure. Um, Let's, let's go to Frank from Missouri. Thank you so much for calling Frank, I uh, appreciate you calling, my brother. Uh, what's your question for our, our yeah, beloved pastor I, I, today? I
3: appreciate I appreciate holding, in, and it's a little bit funny. I got so many questions. Really, they're Bible questions, but I only get one. <laughs> okay, protocol, I appreciate you know, it for yeah, you know what you just got done teaching, uh, Pastor Dwayne, about sovereignty, the sovereign God. I guarantee you that the walk just it would would is totally diametrically opposed to what you just got done saying. But uh, that's not just uh, uh, that's, that's just my statement. And the other one is uh, Zephaniah three and nine, that a pure lip. Uh, like God you can't even cuss in uh, in Hebrew, I'm sticking with the Hebrew language, but
1: my question is <laughs> well I appreciate it
3: <laughs> glory to God, all the glory to Jesus Amen. Uh, my question is oh, I got too many oh lord the, uh, the, and, and, you know, it's, it's a learning process. I've learned from these brothers, you know, and I can't, even, I can't even mention the name of the brothers that I've learned from, Andrew Womack and David Barton and y'all. Anyways, uh, my question is, <laughs> are the three uh, uh, branches of government uh, uh, in, do we find the three branches of the United States government in our Bible?
1: Absolutely, and that was one of the things early in the broadcast I was so thankful uh, that that Pastor Bill went to because Isaiah 33, 22 gives us the three branches of government. And let me just say this to you, Frank, and, and our beloved audience, uh, that when we talk about our government originally being established on Judeo-Christian principles, we literally are talking about every part of our government, and we've gotten so far from that. Again, I wanna go to the First Amendment here before we run out of time, but I'll let Bill lean in on that again. But Isaiah 33 verse 22 is the reference where we have the three branches of government, and again, he did a good job with Jeremiah 17, I think it's nine, where man's heart is not good. That's one of the problems in our culture. We've got people preaching, I don't mean even from the pulpit, but that have the mindset that everybody's good. I hear people all the time talk about everyone's children of God. Well, Jesus didn't say everyone were children of God. Every one of us came from God, but not all of us are children, are children of, of God. Jesus talked about people that they were children of their father, the devil. Man is not good without God. There is none righteous, no, not one. None of us, myself and Pastor Bill included, are good without God all the good in our lives we can sing from the rooftops is Jesus Christ, our hope of all glory in our hearts. And so man who is not good, man who is rebellious to God, once he gets authority, he becomes abusive, uh, a despot, uh, a dictator. And, And that's what we're seeing happen as we remove God. And by the way, the separation of churches, we got so much. I can't believe we're running out of time. Uh, but I want to throw this by you. I look at the the First Amendment, and if they have that, I want to throw that up. I look at the First Amendment of and the and the Constitution. Period. It protects us from the government, not the government from us. That's right. The founders never intended to separate. Again, looking at I need to let you talk, but looking at Isaiah thirty three and all the other things that are rooted our Our Bill of Rights, every one of them are rooted in natural law and the God of natural law, that they are rights that come from God, not man. Uh, And and I'm about to preach, and and, and, and please jump in.
2: Well, it's the beauty of our constitutional republic and the incredible Bible-based, prayed-up wisdom of the framers that they came to Isaiah thirty-three twenty-two, recognizing, Jeremiah 17, 9, that man's heart is sick, desperately sick, and, and who can understand it? So they were looking for a form of government to submit us to a document and a principle rather than a human being. Yeah. That's why in our constitutional republic, we are not submitted to a king, we are submitted to a document called the U.S. Constitution. Government of laws. That's it, it's of the people,
1: by the people, and for the people. He's gonna say it again. Uh, Guys, do we have that First Amendment that we can put up on the screen? Uh, You don't hear what you just said, and when you look at things today, thank you guys, you don't hear of the people, by the people, for the people. It's it's of Biden today. Yeah. He, he's he's overriding the Supreme Court uh, decisions. He's overriding the judicial if it if it violates the woke movement. And he's just he's just becoming right in front of our eyes a a true dictator. And because of people's philosophies and anti-Bible, anti-God, anti-Christ spirit. Uh, people are following this guy and we're headed down a path of total um, um, dictatorships.
2: Uh, that's, and that's why the framers gave us uh, the three branches from Isaiah 33, 22. And by the way, that's documented uh, by several of the framers, the works of John Adams, Baron Charles de Montesquieu, James Madison, and others uh, talked about the fact that Isaiah 33, 22, which says, the Lord is our King, Our lawgiver and our judge, that's where they acquired the inspiration to develop three branches of government, a separation of powers with the idea being if one branch like the executive with Mr. Biden is out of control, then the other branch, the legislative branch, the Congress would correct him. Yes. And then ultimately the judicial branch, although the judicial branch was meant to be the weakest of the free. Absolutely. so that And it's
1: pre- become the most powerful. That's right. Everything's backwards. Uh, everything is literally backwards right now. And that, that accountability was to put a check on man's wicked heart That's right. that would oppress us and and manipulate the masses. Uh, so we've got to return to constitutional um, Republic and elect people that don't just say they believe in the Constitution and can't tell you anything that's in it, but really believe in it. I apologize, guys, put that back up for me on the First Amendment. I wanna go over those five things before we run out of time. Uh, And I know you can quote it by by memory, but I I wanna see it on the screen and I want our viewers to see the First Amendment and how it, it enumerates these liberties that come from God, and, and the one that we, we have abused the most, uh, would you would you comment on that for me?
2: Yes, I mean Congress shall make no law respect, respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof.
1: Now, before he goes on, I hate to interrupt, uh, but notice uh, prohibiting the government cannot prohibit. Think about that: the government cannot prohibit the free exercise of my religious. They, rights. They can't make me use different pronouns uh, than what the Bible uses and, and that is outside of male and female. They can't, they can't through business now persecute, prosecute, and I believe one day execute people who will not comply to things that are contrary to our conscience, contrary to our faith, um, my faith in God tells me specifically God created two genders, male and female. Mm. And Jesus in Mark chapter 10 specifically said this is the reason God made us male and female, not 107 different, different uh, uh, genders, is for marriage. That's right. And so there's no such thing as marriage outside of male and female. And you can't impose that. The government law, passing laws cannot infringe, infringe upon my religious freedom to exercise sexual purity. And that's what we're seeing. I'm sorry, man. I'm just getting excited now and we're running out of time. Jump in. Uh, finish it. Put it back up for me, guys. I interrupted. Wow. Uh, we probably should have started with that. You got me all fired up here, Pastor well, Bill. Uh... All right. So we've got the the they cannot pass a law uh, infringing upon or prohibiting our religious rights there's the the freedom of the press. You can't have a free society without the freedom of the press. And look at how the government has hijacked the press, and the and the social media are current modern public formats. Yeah. But we used to have dialogue and debate in the center of the town, uh, in public forum. Now the social media is our is our new public platforms, and look at how the government is infringing. Uh, quickly comment, and then I want to get this last call, if possible.
2: Well, big time. They are infringing. I get censored on social media pretty regularly. I imagine. Cut off I know because I know. they don't like what we are teaching and preaching, but it says, the First Amendment says, uh, are abridging the freedom of speech, all the press, or the right of the people, peaceably to assemble.
1: Freedom and, of speech? How can we government. be canceled? Uh, in a country that has the freedom of speech. Hey, um, I'm not sure how to pronounce your name. Forgive me, please. We're running out of time. I want to get, I'm going to say uh, Gia, Gia from New York. Can you help me with that? I don't want to mispronounce it. It's Gia. Gia. Okay. Well, thank you, Gia, for calling. We are running out of time, and I love your question. I wish we'd have got these in quicker. Uh, Go ahead and ask your question to Pastor Bill.
4: Sure. Um, it's regarding how to pray in, in in New Testament times, and I find myself praying for the likes of the Biden administration, um, and, and I'm very challenged because we've enabled and allowed <laughs> them yeah. to rule as they are. Yeah. And yet yeah. God sets up kings and deposes them, but they're. But I find that they're the. I see them as wicked and reprobate, so we yes. don't pray for them if they're wicked and reprobate. So can you help me out?
2: Please jump in. We're running out of time. I was just going to say uh, the way I pray for Mr. Biden is I'm praying for him to come to know Christ as his Lord and Savior, his family, all of them, and and I I pray for blessing in his life long term, but I'm asking God to remove him. I'm asking us to have somebody new who understands and believes in
1: God, the Bible,
2: the principles to lead us out. We,
1: We cannot make anything personal. and and pray against someone in their humanity and their eternity uh, in simplicity. But is it okay to ask God to remove and to lift up? Absolutely, that's biblical and that's right, and we need to be doing that. But a lot of that falls on our part. Uh, I may be overstepping, running out of time where I can't qualify all this, but I have to repent. I have to ask God to search my heart, and Lord, where am I? Uh, not contributing to truth that's allowing this and this deception and people to to be, be brought into this kind of thinking, help me to be a better person, a better minister. So a lot of it, uh, if my people which are called by na- my name will humble themselves, and repent and call upon the Lord. He will He will forgive us and He will heal our land. We we tend right. to want to go to the heel of the land before we repent and humble ourselves. So I, I am frustrated. Uh, we 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 run out of time. I'm going over right now, so I got to quit. But I'm going to have Pastor Bill back, and I would appreciate people calling in quicker. Uh, these were wonderful questions, and uh, we want to address them and. A lot of people have them, but they don't get a chance to ask. So I'm going to have him back and uh, we'll advertise and, and you need to be a part of that. Thanks for so much for being a part of Truth and Liberty. We love you. God bless you.
0: Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net, Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.